One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamant. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Robert Diamant? I'm feeling incredibly still. Are you? That's unlike yeah. you, because you're normally like moving all over the place, flapping everywhere. Well, you know what, babe? We are in <laughs> this quarantine series. <laughs> yeah. And I've been babe. thinking a lot about <laughs> interiors. And of, uh, of of the psychological interior of the human mind or interiors of a house? I think both actually, because I think they're oh. incredibly linked and I think often inseparable. Right, okay, interesting. Do you think they link to the artist that we're about to talk to? Well, yes. And actually, there's <laughs> one particular painting by our guest today, yeah. which has really struck a chord with me because bizarrely, something I have done is like sit here in my kitchen staring at letters and I haven't opened them and there's been a few letters sent to the gallery recently which I'm guessing are from talk art listeners because right. it's become a sort of recurrent phenomenon fan mail you're getting fan getting, mail Rob. well I don't know if it's fan mail but it's more like letters from artists and oh. I haven't actually got around to opening these letters yet for some reason. And mm. I've been looking at the backs of the letters thinking, I've got to open those, I've got to open those. And I get so distracted doing everything else that I'm trying to mm-hmm. organise in all the chaos of the last uh, week that I haven't yes. even opened them yet. And I was looking at a painting from 2008 by our guest, which has really sort of brought all of this up and made me realise that I haven't opened my post, basically. So, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cryptic. <laughs> well, we would like to welcome to Talk Art, Lens Geek. Hello, hello. How, how are you, Lens? I'm good. I'm good. As good as one can be in this situation. Exactly. Uh, where are we finding where you? Where in you? the world are you? I'm in Dusseldorf, where I'm living, mm-hmm. uh, at my house, on my desk, like mm-hmm. the last two weeks. Uh, where are you guys? We're in London and Rob is in Margate. Which I'm in Margate. Is, uh, do, do you know Margate Seaside by the town. sea? Uh, sounds lovely, but... <laughs> yeah, it is it lovely. Is, it is lovely. So you've been at your desk uh, for the last two weeks. You've been self-isolating and staying home. And is that where you've been making work as well? Yeah, well, I can't go to the studio, so it's a bit tricky. But I started to paint really small, small sizes in a sketchbook. And I love to make small work, so it's quite nice. But yeah, of course, it's also a bit um, 
alarming what's happening outside. Yeah. So how far yeah, away is your studio from your house? It's one hour away with public transport. Wow, uh, that's quite a commitment every day. Do you go to the studio every day? Yeah, normally. So is that quite a commitment, making that hour trip there and back every day? Does it feel like... It's quite nice because I have the time to wake up, drink a coffee, um, mm-hmm. and look at the work that I did the day before. And normally that's like the, the hour that matters. The next okay. day in the morning, the next hour in the morning where you look at it and you're like, okay, that was rubbish. Or Oh, that's interesting. That could be. Because in I the evening you always have a good feeling. Uh, right. But in the morning it's like, okay, I slept through <laughs> and this is not yeah. going to work. Do you set yourself a certain time, like an actual regimented time to go and spend in the studio and leave by? And Oh, no. I. Um, the problem is in the evening I... My girlfriend, she has like a very, uh, she's she works in a, how do you say that, uh, nursery? Yes. So she has a really strict uh, timeline. Yeah. And then when I when I'm really in the mood in the evening to go on painting, she's a bit in my head, and I feel like okay, I should stop, but it's always hard to stop. Right, right, right. But you feel a certain um, responsibility to get home to your girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> I see. That's <laughs> nice. nice. So this, so this work, this, you were talking about waking up and having a coffee. I read up that you had a, a series of works called Sleepless, where you were suffering a bout of insomnia. And, and insomnia is quite a, a big theme for you through your work. Is this something that you suffer with all the time or was that just a period in your life? Yeah, but it, was, it wasn't like so much a physical uh, insomnia mm-hmm. um, because I was actually talking to people who have real insomnia and then I realized, okay, what I had was nothing. (laughs) Restlessness, Um, yeah. But it was more a bit about about how how we yeah, how the world is like changing at the moment and how many people are like rising up and there's so much people fighting for, you know, like um, gender issues or uh, like diversity issues and mm-hmm. especially with this like political situation and mm-hmm. I thought like to think about all these things at the time uh, made me not be able to go to sleep and so I thought it was a nice metaphor to that we kind of have to wake up like I was very impressed with the uh, with the kids going on the street for the climate change, and I, yes. I realized when I was when I was a, a kid, uh, like, no way I would ever go and protest for something. And now, I think this waking up or staying awake and reconsider things mm. um, is something that we all have to do. And yeah, and and there's definitely a sense of um, urgency, isn't there? Yeah, and and immediate action that people are feeling that they need to to take and uh, shout about. Exactly. I spoke to you last year and we were trying to get you to fly somewhere or finding out where you were flying to next so we could interview you because I was in New York for a time and then we were going to, you might have been in London. I remember you telling me, I think this is during like Greta Thunberg was really having her renaissance and everyone was following her and it was all about uh, climate change. And you, I think you said to me that you were trying to travel less because you wanted to do your 
bit towards climate change. Yeah, exactly. And and it's so funny what what's happening now. I mean, uh, like people were reacting when you when you talk to people a year ago, everybody was like, "Yeah, but we can't change the society so much that like people are always going to fly and uh, go out all the time and do shopping." And now we see that in this crisis now with the with the virus we see like mm-hmm. actually if things are getting bad we can we can change our life very fast uh, yes so that's but when that's it's a at risk thing. when it's put at risk or other people's lives are at risk then suddenly but the, i mean this is historical though this has never happened but do you think yeah. i mean in our lifetime obviously you had the plague and you had the Spanish yeah i was about to say i think it might have happened historically yes but like as a global like as a global yeah. pandemic that actually affects every single country we had the aids crisis which is ongoing in some countries and you know people are living now with a or hiv now and like long lives but that that was a that that felt rooted in a certain community. Yeah. Coronavirus yeah. feels like it's affecting the world, which is uh, strangely uniting. Do you, do you think, in some ways, it's affected your work, the current climate? Well, first of all, in size, definitely. But, oh, right, going um, smaller. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like this, this has just kind of started, and I think it will have. It will come out in many ways for the, for like in the art world. Yeah, it will have an effect. I hope that, like my hope or what I the chance I see in this is that we are kind of admiring more or appreciating more the work of like people working in hospitals or supermarkets yes. or yes, all those jobs. And I hope they, they're going to be well paid. Uh, and I think this is a real chance of this. And yeah, in the art world, I think, you know, that like as a painter, it's always been a bit the thing. The isolation is always a topic because basically you're in your studio alone unless mm-hmm. you do portraits or... Um, you have sitters, yeah. Yeah. But this isolation thing isn't very new to me. And as you, as you mentioned before, like this domestic thing or... People being lonely has always been part of my work, and yes, uh, I'm looking forward to see what what other what artists will out. make. Do you find it quite autobiographical your work? Um, well, it it was in in a while. It it was um, it was more autobiographical, but now I kind of like I like to set things. Um, like, I'd like to make some things a bit bizarre. Um, right, that are surrealistic. Not very... Surrealistic or not really surrealistic, but more like that you can't you can't read them within a second. Um, right, and like it's not like a story of my life, and it's not me on the on the pictures. It's like it's like someone, and people find different things they can relate to. Mm-hmm. in the work and that's very nice because mm-hmm. i think like um yeah as as i was saying with all this with all this um complexity of the world and all these big problems and big issues i think it's very important to to not have easy answers 
like, you know, this is me uh, sitting on a chair in 2015 reading a book, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it can be anything. And it and it's like we have to tolerate, um, what's that word? Ambiguity? Ambiguity, yes. Like, we well, um, celebrate rather than tolerate it, you have to celebrate it. It's like you're allowed to. We're also in a time where everyone's being fluid and more kind of non binary. And I think all the quick, the quick hit of seeing something like Instagram, an image, and then taking it away, everyone's slowing down now. That has to change, and everyone's it, taking more time, exactly. And people are like so desperate for easy answers, and mm. like that's why populist. Uh, politics is such a success because it's very easy to, uh, to invent an easy answer. Yeah. But I think I, uh, what I like is that you can't like can't really uh, decode like your your story with a letter. You can't decode it in the first place, and it doesn't have one meaning. And yeah, I think I think, I th- I think your paintings are very intriguing. And I think I think the way that you, for people who haven't seen them yet, like you often create situations with either one person or a group of people, perhaps two people, um, and there's a story to be told there, but you don't know what the story is or what might be about to happen or what just has happened or it, what what they're looking at even. And they're very, very intriguing paintings. That was the kind of thing that I kept thinking about. Like you're waiting for some some story to be told yeah there's and, a pause yeah yeah, you have to sort of pause and yeah and sit with the work and it's really lovely because people tell me their stories then when they see the work like oh really i had yeah. this amazing thing where there was a um i made a painting of a woman lying down and there's a in the background there's a dead bird and um she saw the painting and she started crying Um, and I was like, like, wow, this is such a nice moment for an artist to make somebody feel so intense. And then, um, she was asked why she was crying. And she said, um, I don't know, but I think it's a memory from a long time ago. And that's so nice that you can't. Wow, like like, a kind of trapped, repressed memory that was in her subconscious almost. Yeah, exactly. And if you get those things out, like that's, I think that makes art really, um, inspiring. Yes. I was talking about your influences or the, or the work that are his history wise we can relate to. And Rob, Rob and me were kind of going back and forth about artists and we came up with a few. And for Rob, he felt like it was Mirandi, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah, Mirandi you? and maybe Modigliani. Yeah. I mean, a lot. <laughs> and I, I said yeah. Edward Hopper. I felt like obviously there's Picasso in there, but I felt like Edward Hopper. Uh, for the That's kind nice. of solitary, solitary environments and yeah. the, the way the characters are never looking directly at you. They're always looking away or they're not, they're being witnessed. It's like you're witnessing. It's, it's so fantastic with Hopper that now, like, because he was a bit, you know, not like a bit forgotten. And now, like, there is this, uh, this domestic, everybody goes through this domestic uh, period and, we're all Edward Hopper painting suddenly, mm-hmm. so it's it's very nice. Um, but yeah, the artists you mentioned, Moranti. Uh, I love Moranti, but it took me a long time. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a. Uh, I like to make work that is like 
you know, you can tell much without showing much. And like simplicity is, mm -hmm. um, I think, such a great, um, I don't know how you say, it, like such a great offering, uh, offering to yeah. to bring your own to bring your own story in it. Yeah. How did you get into painting, Lens? How did you, I mean, when did you first pick up a paintbrush and see art? Oh, I can't remember. It's probably a bit of a boring answer, but I always, I always painted. Um, and I think I went through a phase of, like, in, in the very beginning, I painted nights and, uh, like, not, you know, like the With the nighttime the sky. No, no, with the no, sword. like oh, like, knights, like oh, a, knight. yeah, 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 dragons like and knights shining and castles. Arm. Yeah, and stuff. exactly. Oh, right. oh really? <laughs> so, yeah, what, as a kid. Then, yeah, as a kid, and then it turned to football players, and then oh, wow. uh, when I was a teenager, it started to become girls. Um, <laughs> yeah, but these girls that you were like were attracted to that you were kind of creating, or was it? I was creating girls I would have been attracted to if they existed, but. They yes. didn't, right? Um, and I, I think I'm kind of still stuck in that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, in a, that it's a rom well, it's a romantic vibe that you have running through your paintings as well. There is a, a romance there and a longing. And I was saying to Rob earlier that it makes me feel like the movie. It's not girls. This was this is the, the movie about the gay romance. But call me by your name. Whenever I see your paintings, I feel the energy of that movie and the mood and the the the, the quietness. Of this, oh, yeah. this longing. I just saw it last week, but um, yes. did you know that the house is for sale? <gasps> like the actual house where they filmed really? it. Really? Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it would, <laughs> would be a nice... Would, would you like that house? Uh, no, I don't. But <laughs> it might be a good uh, headquarter for talk art or something. Where oh, is yeah, the house? Really I've forgotten. Is it um, France? France, or? isn't it? Somewhere no, it's in Italy. Italy, Italy, that's right. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I knew it was a European. Wow. God, what's going on there at the moment? I mean, we're about to get into that zone, it feels like, doesn't it? But, ugh. Yeah, terrifying. it's terrible. Terrifying I mean, there's something times. about your work that I said to Russ as well. I often think of, like, the 1920s, and it's not like... It doesn't look like they're from the 1920s, but there's some kind of aesthetic or something that I feel like it's almost like a, a a link there between that time period and also in that film that Russell mentions you know you think about the way the haircuts were and the kind of stylization yeah. of the yeah of the clothes and also the way that those camera shots are very you, you know they kind of set up very um pleasing visual kind of scenes of people sitting down or you know in domestic scenes that I think also relate to your work but I don't know why it's the 1920s but there's definitely something I think of like silent they, they all feel like film stills and what I'm yeah. drawn to is the theatricality a lot of them I mean one of the main motifs is bare feet there's bare feet <laughs> everywhere and yeah. I always feel like I'm watching a stage performance you just want <laughs> to jump on that stage don't you Russ? I want to jump on a stage and act with them but it feels like they're 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 performing and you're you're witnessing a performance in some ways rather than reality you're witnessing these characters waiting to say a monologue yeah that's nice i mean i think that the 1920 thing is partly like at the moment there's quite a big renaissance of figurative painting yes and when i think of the 1920s i think that um there was just after like like when psychoanalysis analysis became yep. became a big thing and 
people were trying to express that in the human condition with painting uh, figures and painting people and painting bizarre moments. Um, and I think after that, there was a long, like, uh, the human condition was like people painted and made comments about painting. But I, I'm trying not, I mean, I'm not such a painter, so interested in the history of painting or to reinvent painting. I'm more interested in humans and, and human condition. And so I mm -hmm. think this, and I think many people are at the moment. And this always refers to that time when, when it was, uh, when like thinking about your own psycho, psychology yeah yeah uh, was really well, these, are and... these are psychologically charged your works aren't they they do definitely have the interior of these characters yeah exactly um and i think that's like that's just was what's interesting me yeah um and you are yeah. really the perfect guest for now because i mean i feel like uh, like i was saying before because we're all living much more indoors than ever yeah. before it's it's quite interesting to almost see see the world from perhaps your point of view in a sense because you, you're obviously by yourself a lot painting but I kind of I, I feel like I'm almost in your shoes or something like I began to think about your paintings as I've been sat in my house you know it's, it's a kind of it's a funny yeah thing. Uh, mm. but also like you know that I don't know if you know you have a commercial before before the podcast yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's different in every country, actually. Yeah, you know what is in German? Uh, in Germany, it's uh, The Sims, the computer game. Really? Oh. Uh, How <laughs> yes. funny! And I think The Sims has a huge renaissance because, first of all, people are like at home playing computers, and The Sims is like this, like, uh, like this making of Re interior and life, yes. and like creating yeah. your own your own and also world, controlling. Isn't it? Yeah controlling a universe or a life because, and, and, because and the you become people, the kind of yeah. god don't you if you're the yeah. you're the player yeah that's so interesting <laughs> i actually really read an interview recently with with a woman who was one of the main designers of the sims and oh really she's an incredible woman i've told i'm going to try and look it up now she was she's amazing like incredibly rich as well right no but she's she's not bothered <laughs> by that at all she's like she she's not a kind of um materialistic person at all she's she's like super brainy and the interview or was it a video i watched even she's so brilliant i'm going to try and find it now because she's yeah. amazing all right fine but that's Lynn, so interesting the sims yeah how, how many paintings do you work on at a time do you do you have a whole lot or when you're oh, able no. to get in the studio just one just one i but i often like underneath the painting stairs like uh often like 10 other paintings because i love to overpaint uh because you get frustrated in, in, in and not ex liking what you've done, or is this actually the whole process of getting to the end product? Well, it's more like I I start painting something and then I'm like, okay, this like this hand is beautiful. Uh, I'm just gonna leave this hand and and go like go from that hand, and then I'm like, okay, this like this is a, a nice sky, but the hand is too light, so it has to be a night. Uh, it has to be a day sky, and then, like, mm -hmm. you know, it comes together like a puzzle. Um, How do you know when it's finished, then? Uh, well, once I'm happy with every part. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. with every part of the puzzle, then uh -huh. I'm like, okay, this is done. And how long would that take, each painting? 
it's very, very hard to tell. Sometimes it can take a few weeks and sometimes it's wow. a day. Like, wow. you never know. And But sometimes the paintings, like when you when you rework them over and over, they get very heavy. Um, and I kind of like that, that you, you know, you can carry the weight of all the work. <laughs> it's like a oh, that's really nice. A so like the physical paint, paint becomes yeah. like a representation of the kind of journey it took to make it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I recently acquired a painting by you uh, of an apple that's been cut in half, which I am absolutely obsessed with. And <laughs> there's that's one of the many themes that come up a lot, like apples and pears and flowers and croissants. There's a lot of food that goes into your work. Someone eating spaghetti, <laughs> shoveling spaghetti into their mouth. What What is that? And tell me a bit more about my apple. <laughs> well, first of all, I love food. Uh, right. Um, and I think it's it's like one of the things that also everyone can relate to because we all know an apple, everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a bit, it's a bit tricky because my, because I, I was, I was painting a, a pear um, right. um, some time ago and um, also cut in half like your apple. Mm -hmm. And then um, my mom said to me like, Oh, Lance, this is nice. This is so sexual. Your mum said uh, that. Yeah. Right. And I was like, okay. Okay, <laughs> mum. Why'd you find a pair sexy, mum? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Um, so it's like, it's like weird that like, yeah, fruit is such a, I don't know. It's just the nicest thing to have in a still life because it's like, uh, it goes away. It, it will... It will, um, it will, how do you say? Rot. It, it will die soon. It will yes, rot yes, soon. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but also, um, it's like, it's, you do it haptically. You take a fruit with your hand, you eat it with your hand, like you want to touch it. Yeah. Uh, and it just brings a lot of, I don't know, like there's so many nice old, um, old still lives with fruits in it. And Yes, yes, yes. Mm. It's the only way to keep an apple alive um, is to paint it because the apple you have like a few minutes later will be dark uh, and brownish. So, you it's know, capturing, like, capturing a moment again. It's that's exactly. The yeah. Capturing a, a moment that's going to be lost, a fleeting yeah. look, a, a half smile, some fruit or food which will no longer be there. How, how long would that painting have taken? To do, can you remember how long that took? Oh, I think you have to lift it up and see. Do you have it already? Yes. The more yes, heavy yes, yes. it is, the longer it took. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh, all right. So interesting. Oh my god! And that's that's the barometer for all of your work. If it's really heavy, <laughs> then it's 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 been a longer process. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Do you find it hard to then to then uh, sell your works to let your works leave the studio and to go into people's houses and Sometimes. institutions? Yeah, sometimes it's hard. Um, I, I started to keep some works uh, last year um, just because I thought like, okay, I've, I've no work left and maybe I want to hang something up in my apartment yeah. at some point. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should just keep some. Um, and you like living with your own work then? You're quite happy to have your own paintings around? I don't. That's the thing. Uh, mm. But I keep them in case 
I have I have some other artists work at home. What sort of um, things do you live with? Do you, do you, do you ever buy art or is it more swapped? Trade. Yeah, I trade sometimes. Um, but here, like in the room I, uh, I am now, there's a painting by Jenna Gribben. Yes, love. Oh, yeah, uh, great. It's a really nice painting. And then I have some... I Was that a trade or did you buy that for yourself? I bought that. I didn't yeah, know great. her. Yeah. Um, Amazing. And I'm, I traded some works with... With uh, Louis Fortino. Yes, we love Louis. No way, we love Louis Fortino. He's so good. (laughs) He actually spoke about you and and they're part of like a really, um, like Jenna's really good friends with uh, Deron Langberg and Louis and Salman Tor. They're like a really cool crew, which I I sort of link you in with that are all coming up at the same time and having a lot of attention on them right now. That's nice. Yeah, I love him, man. We we talk a lot, um, but he... um, yeah, I told him I'm a bit afraid to go on your on your podcast because I'm I love gossip and right. I was worried I would just like <laughs> say like gossip with you about everyone and everything. Give us some gossip. Give us some gossip. No, gossip. no, 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 no. Oh, you're not going. Oh, <laughs> my girlfriend will kill me if there's gossip. Is your girlfriend that. an artist? Oh no, you said she works in a nursery, doesn't she? Yeah. Does yeah. she like your art though? What does she think of your work? Oh, she she loves it, but she's sometimes also critical, which is nice because oh, yeah? because she's honest. Yeah, um, that's great, isn't it? Someone do you, you trust, trust her eye? I trust her eye, but I realize, like, you know, I'm artists are so like, how do you say, so sensitive, sensitive. Yes, yeah. yeah so like when when I send her a picture of of a painting and she says like, great. And then I feel like, what? It's not what? fantastic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, no. You know, like, she says, like, great. Um, shall I buy a zucchini for dinner? I'm like, what? How can what? you? What? Like- Hang on a minute. You need to be flawed, right? I know. Well, yeah. well I have the same as an actor. It's like my my boyfriend, I think, is a really good barometer because he won't ever lie to me to the point where I'm actually quite upset and offended. But if he likes something, then when he does like something, I'm like, okay, you genuinely are into that. He's not just telling me the whole time everything's great. But when he doesn't exactly. like something, he's like, no, you're over acting there no I don't think you're very good I don't believe that I don't know why you're doing that voice what's that face and you're like uh, this is really offensive what you're doing yeah. you have to be really sensitive to me but you know <laughs> exactly. it toughens you up and the reality is when it does get a good review you feel brilliant exactly. I think whenever I've seen you in things that I think are really extraordinary I will always tell you but otherwise if I think it's good you know, I know like I can tell as well with good, you you're I like, just well, don't talk about great. it You'd be like, well, I like no, but that I just jumper. try and not talk about it. I like it that jumper that character interested. was wearing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but, no, but only because clothes. for that reason you've just said, though, because I feel like if I'm just like every time you do something, it's incredible. I don't think that's mm. necessarily even possible because everyone does things that are great sometimes. And then, every, not sorry, like leading people, like actors and stuff, will do films that are terrible sometimes or do films <laughs> that are amazing, you know, whoever yeah. they are, even if it's you like, yeah, it's hard to keep, you know, Helen Mirren, I'm sure, of, has yeah. done movies that aren't great sometimes or what have yeah. you. Um, so yeah, it's a funny thing. Yeah, it, I think it's like when you, uh, like you want them to lie sometimes and just tell you it's amazing. But <laughs> like the more you know them, the less the less you, you know when they're it. lying. Don't yeah, you? <laughs> yeah. So it's like a circle of like it's, uh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So can I ask you something, Lens? Um, of course. I, I heard that uh, when you were growing up uh, that you liked comic books. And it got me thinking about this idea because in comic books you often create a universe, like a kind of a place maybe that the comic book could take place within you know like a Exists or even in, a card yeah. or even a cartoon even you know like a a world that is created so mm. do you see your own work as being like all connected so are all the objects from the same place or the same sort of time or are they all very different um series oh that's a that's a good question really um, good rob thank you yeah. I, I, I haven't got thought about star. that <laughs> to be honest okay. um are they in the same universe? Yeah, that's like, I guess so. But, well, sometimes sometimes I paint a face that looks very similar to a face I painted before. And like, and then I'm like, oh, hey, hi again. Like, oh, that's interesting. May I introduce you to another setting or another room or some other clothes? Um, but they're like actors thought... they're like actors then your characters are like actors and you're casting them in different roles <laughs> they are or sims like. they're the sims they're the sims can you talk yeah. about the the large hands that you give all of your women the, the what? the large hands. large hands I've really noticed that all the women have large hands oh do they? <laughs> yeah. Um well I think it's it's a bit of a you know like I I think I'm a feminist and I think um I think it's a symbol of empowerment and I I love to to like turn turn like classical things around like I love to have you know an, a naked man painted by a dressed woman because that didn't happen in art history mm-hmm. yeah. so long uh, and I think it's nice to have like the the female person as the active person doing something, uh, mm-hmm. holding a brush or holding their their own hands. And uh, yeah. And, you know, like, I think, I think Louis told me he does that too. Like he takes old, like he takes Matisse drawings and then he turns them into, into men, uh, like Matisse nudes. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I so the female like, nudie would then change into yeah, a man. transforms into a male, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, right. And I think like this, you know, like the hand uh, represents for me like doing something and being um, um, how do you say it? not the passive, uh, yeah, being active, active and productive and, and yeah, and in control. And I like my 
I like the people I paint to be, you know, like not to be objects, but to be um, people, you know, like, yeah, like I would never paint nude thinking like of it like I would paint a, a vase because it's it's a it's not an object it's an yeah and i think i think you succeeded because i think your the, the people in your work they have this um you, you kind of see the human psyche like mm. the interior mm-hmm. you know brain waves like what's going on the mm-hmm. intensity of that moment which is also probably why why russell relates it to acting because in a way that's also like a pursuit of human psychology and and yeah there is something very strong about your your characters in in the paintings thank you how how is it with the acting at the moment do you like is everything closed i was doing a play in new york and now the play closed and i don't think we're coming back well we're not coming back it's been cancelled and broadway's been shut down and all the all the filming productions have gone down so it's full tall cart steam ahead at the moment which is fantastic that it's <laughs> encouraged and positive and inspired totally yeah. and, and and i think it's important to talk to people about especially creative people and uh like artists to talk about how they're experiencing what's going on at the moment and how they're coping and what their yeah. hopes and dreams are really and it's interesting you know like i saw lena dunham what a guest we've had on the show before she's an actress and a screenwriter and producer and director and she's currently writing a like a story um for vogue.com where she's like every day she writes a new chapter and then the public get to decide on the direction she gives them a choice so there's this kind of interactive sense of writing a a thing it's called verified strangers but i what i found really interesting about that is that you put lena dunham into a flat in isolation in england because she's currently in england and her reaction isn't to sit there and get all introspective it's like what can i do to be productive she's already writing a new show and you know interacting (laughs) with the world and then Russell and I are here doing our podcast more than ever before and you're at home painting and I think it's interesting that even if we get tiny amounts of space like we can all you know our creativity does kind of fight through and keep us going so it's a beautiful thing what's happening for you now Lens like you were working towards a solo at Robert's Projects right which is your your main gallery in Los Angeles isn't it yeah but um, yeah at the moment like nobody knows uh, yeah. I have some projects in New York, and but I like nobody knows uh, what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. Um, but, but you yeah, keep making the work. You're still like forging ahead, making paintings, and yeah, always. I mean, I can't, I can't, I get mental if I don't uh, work, if I don't paint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. The good thing about this uh, that we're having like just an online chat is that I'm not so like, uh, you know, I'm like, as I said before, I'm a bit starstruck. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> have, <laughs> I don't have yeah, to right. see you guys. Like, how could you like, I don't know, like, like Ian McKellen, I couldn't, I couldn't say a word. Because like standing in front of Gandalf himself, I would just mm-hmm. be like Aww. frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you? So you like you like films, don't you? Then you you're into films and TV and yeah, I do. Uh, like, <laughs> but also I was thinking like when we because I was listening to your podcast a lot recently, and I always uh-huh. thought like, oh God, I'm gonna be in that podcast, and then I I will hear your voice asking questions. 
and then I will just wait till the artist answers because that's how <laughs> it I, has to be you. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, be your and it's like oh shit, no one's answering. I have to answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you work? Yeah. Do you work listening to music or podcasts, or do you have anything that you? Yeah, I listen. Like I, I always listen to to a lot of stories and audiobooks and um, and it was quite good for a while because I got really like I made my um, like classic literature literature homework because I had listened to all the funny pod like funny audiobooks at some point and then all the scary ones and then there was just things left like Marcel Proust or. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Don Quixote, like these things mm-hmm. you would never actually like. You're not your first <laughs> choice, yeah. It's not the first choice <laughs> when it comes mm-hmm. to entertainment. Mm-hmm. Things you feel mm-hmm. you should listen to or read as well. You're kind of yeah. like the, the dregs, the ones that you're like, okay, may as well listen to this now, or may as well pick this book up. I love the Now's the time. Proust is the dreg. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not your go-to. It's not like now. It's like, okay, and now we read War and Peace. When you've had all these other choices. Well, with Proust, it's like... You know, like <laughs> this audiobook was like, I don't know, 300 hours long. And, you know, you yeah. can just oh, make God. a nap in between and you don't, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't don't miss, miss anything. anything. I know. <laughs> just oh, play man. the first 15 minutes and the last 10 minutes and you've got the whole exactly. story. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. How important is drawing to you? Oh, I do that all the time. But um, it's gone down a bit because I have now. Um, I bought little, um, I don't know how do you say that, tubes of paint. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, that I can take like everywhere. Oh. Yeah, uh, and so I, and recently I prefer to just make little paintings instead of drawings. Oh, that's so um, nice. Do you do you, do you ever make them outdoors? Yeah, everywhere I am, and um, it's sometimes a bit dangerous. Like I love to do it in when I'm when I'm. Uh, in another country, I love doing um, painting in hotel rooms. Oh yeah, but it's it's kind of dangerous because you know, like you can't. Everything is white. You always have white bed sheets and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, You're gonna like destroy the hotel. Oh, so you room paint in bed? Painting. You like to paint? Yeah, in bed. I paint in bed in hotel because there's no table normally, and then it's like this whole like. That's brilliant. I, fe- I feel like so, <laughs> like a small scale rock star. I smoke a cigarette out <laughs> like of the window. Hotel room. Rather than doing yeah. loads of drugs in bed, you're sat there doing a little oh painting. God, that's so that's funny. Right. That's try, not to try not to ruin the sheets, the linen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of my favorite um, works by artists are like on notepads from hotels where you see yes. the kind of the name of the hotel oh, and the yeah. address. And then yeah. people do drawings or or paintings or, you know. Yeah, Tracy's whatever. done that, isn't he? Tracy Emin and Jonas Wood's done that a lot. And Picasso and did it, I think. And Picasso did it and uh, yeah. Kippenberger did it, didn't he? Kippenberger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people have done it, yeah. Well, when you made it, I think you can just pay with them. But I'm not that far. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You paint it and then give it to the hotel and they'd let you stay there for free. Well, I don't yeah. think you're far off, I love the idea, though, that you've got your own studio. from that happening. It's very cool. And going back to um, comic books, what kind of comic books were you looking at? Oh, I was actually a bit of a um, of a snob because I always it was always important for me that the, the drawings are nice, oh, um, really? and I loved the French ones. Um, oh. I didn't like cartoons so much, and 
Yeah, I love the French comics. Um, but are we talking like Hergé sort of Tintin stuff? No, more like, or? it was more like adult stuff, but I just went to like the library and they, they thought it's comics, so it doesn't matter. It must be for kids. They didn't know there's like adult comics. Um, <laughs> so I got all what was those. Go- what was going on in these adult comics? Well, nothing too hard, but like, you know, like things about war and... Uh, just like really serious. I mean, it Subjects. was not. Yeah, but I just liked. I just liked the paintings, and then I had a manga phase, of course. Oh what really? One? Manga? Yeah. Oh, a manga phase. Yeah, yeah. manga yeah, yeah. phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody went crazy for manga here. Um, like in the year, I don't know when that was, two thousand or something. And something then, uh, so you were twelve then. You were born in nineteen eighty-eight, weren't you? Yeah. 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 That must. That might be the right time, yeah. Yeah, and then time uh, for manga. Everybody did manga, and I, I, <laughs> I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. And I still have a, I still have a comic somewhere where I sent a drawing to a manga magazine, and they, they printed it, and I was no! so proud. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd have to what send us an image of that. Like? I think everyone would love to see that. That's incredible. okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's that a Dragon Ball so character. Dragon Ball Z, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, like, um, it's it's interesting because in France, like, the the, um, they call it bande dessinée, which is more like graphic novel. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, um, it's not, like, it. it's really, like, a, well, how do you say, like, established art form and they really, Mm. um... Respected. Yeah, people hold it yeah. in high regard. Respected, don't yeah. yeah, yeah, and like when I was a kid, and as I said in the library, they just thought everything is kid, like it's all for kids, like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, there was, um, it was, it was very inspiring, and I always like liked the way that, um, you know, like, I don't know how you say it in English, tanta, like the, the. Belgium guy with his little dog. Tintin, yeah. Tintin. Ah, Tintin, yeah. Hergé's Tintin, yeah, yeah. Russell actually played Tintin. I played Tintin on stage. Oh, you did? Yeah, at the Barbican Theatre years ago, yeah. Did you have a dog as well? We had a real dog and then we had a human... I'd have the dog in my arms and I'd run off, trip up. I'd throw the dog. It was a teddy dog at that point. And then a human would come on dressed as the dog and then we would go around together singing songs. We so did then Russ turned his life into it with Rocky. Yes. He I became got my a own real little life snowy now. Tintin. Yeah. And my boyfriend looks like Captain Haddock. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Especially with his current handlebar moustache. Yeah, he's got a handlebar Which is part of the, the insanity of this yeah, whole yeah, yeah. Uh, lock And Rob is, Rob is Ma- Madame Castafiore. So, <laughs> I so am. So, um, so, oh my so god! It's all, come, it's all come together. Yeah, yeah. But I can see, I can see Tintin in your work, definitely. Yeah, and to, to, the the funny thing about Tintin is because his face is just a smiley, basically, and he has mm. this. But he goes to this story, and the face is so anonymous because so that everybody can imagine themselves being yeah, they Tintin. Can project onto him. And that's what I love about the comics. Like they tell a story and they make this like uh, this empty face where where you are in the story. And that's so yeah, that's that's what I like to have in the paintings as well. Like a face that is slightly anonymous, or the eyes are closed, or you like it doesn't. It's not a person that exists. Like it's not 
this is the queen or like this is the pope yeah. or someone. It's just like keeps someone. it open, doesn't it? Open for interpretation and also that you can somehow as a viewer be transported to that place and almost like feel what the painting Well it has a dream like half asleep the Peter Pan quality, yeah. which I love about it, the half asleep, half awake, where are you well, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I love exactly. it. So we ask every guest, because you've heard Talk Art, we ask every guest two questions, very important, but we've also got a third bonus question, because we're in lockdown, but we get to that. But the first question we ask every guest is, if you could do an art heist, if you could steal any work of art in the world that you could live with, anything ever, what would it be and why? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've heard the podcast. I have the same answer as Louis does, because I'm the biggest Vermeer fan mm-hmm. in really? the world. Um when and did you I first think, discover his work? Well, I've seen it only printed and then I had this I had this moment when I first saw it in real life. I went to Berlin mm. when I was in art school and then I saw this painting and it really was remarkable because I after that painting I didn't paint for a year because <sighs> I was like it What's it's the perfect. Point? Why should I why should I, I No. Paint? So it what didn't inspire you actually halted you from it stops to you get from back? working. How, how do you mean? Because it, it, normally when someone sees a painting, they can get inspired and be like, I want to do that. But whereas you saw it and you were like, well, give up. What's, it, it stopped you yeah, from working. It's, it's perfect. It was like, what else could I add? I was like, <laughs> everything set. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh, and it was a little domestic scene, was it, with light coming through the window? and? Of course, yeah. And, and um, how did you get back into painting? How after did you get that? back into it? Yeah, I'd love yeah. to. Well, I I tried to make music after a few months of being like completely, <laughs> completely depressed, and then I realized. Oh I'm my a god, very the Vermeer made you depressed! Wow, what an effect! Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you work for like it's like if you like let's say you are working on, uh, you spent your whole life working on a. Um, on a internet platform that connects people. Yes. And, yeah. and then you realize, okay, there's Facebook. So basically, what Give have up. I done? Yeah, yeah. wasted. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, then I realized I'm a very bad musician. And then I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I <laughs> can say music? something. <laughs> what kind of music oh, were you trying to make was, or making? So I can't play an instrument. I can't read notes. So I was just oh like God, having cool. this computer program just, just banging stuff you? around oh a garage band <laughs> no it, it was like it's called fruity loops i know fruity loops <laughs> oh my god fruity loops is amazing that's like a kind of that's almost like pre-cubase that's like that's like what you would program drum beats and stuff yeah exactly but i was always like i just made a tone and then i put the next tone and then i Put the third oh, one, I and then see, I just I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. Tried yeah. the third one, like until it didn't sound horrible, and wow. so it was, it was a really long process. Uh, but it was kind of nice, also, because to, to because I was just listening. I didn't know anything. I couldn't play a chord or something, so it all went through the ear. Like like I I just heard that podcast with Lucian Freud uh, that you did and. Yeah, David Dawson. Yeah, we went around the Royal yeah, Academy. Where, yeah, where I he was saying also, like, I wish we'd actually got to meet Lucian Freud himself as oh well. Oh God, can you imagine? We, we got yeah. we got the closest thing we possibly could, which is the most amazing yes. human being, David. I love him. Yeah, and he said that like uh, Lucian Freud didn't want to 
he just wanted to look. He he didn't want to know things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I made music. I just listened. But I think you have to have a little bit of knowledge. And I think I think Lucian Freud was lying a little bit because he he can actually. He knows some things, for sure. He, he loved Fruity Loops, apparently. He was all over Fruity Loops. <laughs> Freud, Freud Fruity Loops, they call him. <laughs> so the other question we ask all of our guests is, Rob? What is your favourite colour? Yeah, I've also been thinking about that, but it's... Uh, I don't know if, like, it's a... How do you say it's a violet or purple or mm-hmm. yeah. mauve? It's this, but it's indigo. more blue, blue than that. So mm-hmm. indigo. Uh, indigo. I, I don't, yeah. Maybe indigo. Is is color uh, important to you when it comes? To yeah, painting? yeah. It's very important, and uh, it's nice to to combine colors that are a bit irritating. Um. To each other or to like the... Yeah, because they always make like the combination gives you a feeling and you can play so nicely with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, I think every painter loves that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's quite unsettling. You can create an unsettling feeling from colour. Yeah, you can create everything. You can create harmony, you can create like uh, pain, like everything. Um, But yeah, I was thinking like... I knew this question would come, so I was thinking a bit how genuine this is my favorite color, mm-hmm. because I think my my so I'm very close with my mother, and she said her favorite color was blue all the time, mm-hmm. and I think as a child I was like, okay, blue is the nicest thing, but I can't be the same. I have to like be an individual. So I think I just chose the closest thing to blue. That's very not sweet. Blue. I love oh. that. You know I think something so. that something that talking about how you can create a sort of emotional response or tension or you know through the use of color. I'm also quite interested in the surface of your paintings because I saw one at Miami Basel in December. Um, in the art fair, and I called Russell because he told me about you. And I, I went to the booth. I think it was with Roberts. Um, Roberts projects, yeah. And I, I went to the the booth to see the painting, and I was really struck by the surface. And then I've since realised I think you painted onto wool, which what is that, is that just a type of wool canvas that you're using, or and how did you come to work with wool? Because I don't really see that as a description on people's paintings very often. You often see canvas, but not wool. Yeah, I I use both. I use also canvas, but the um the wool came because I I was like as a student I was painting with oil on on canvas. Yeah. Um and then I got um had I got kind of allergic to the to the how the do canvas. you say like no to the oil oh, to the to the terps or something Turpentine. to the terps or the glue yeah. the rabbit glue size yeah so when i okay. when when i open an oil thing i can't like i get a headache immediately oh, so wow. i i started to paint with acrylics but um uh, in the beginning acrylic was really like um i didn't like the texture at all so i i made like uh i made a I took this wool and I made it really like there was already something on there and a lot going on in, on the material. Mm. Um, 
so that I could just like rub the acrylic into it like you can do with oil. Wow. Um, but so now kind of, I... Yeah, you kind of created your own way of getting a visual that you wanted yeah, using exactly. a different surface. That's so interesting. Mm. But the interesting thing is I, I started to really love acrylics. Uh, like, and I really like... Now I'm working mostly on canvas and I love um, how matte they are and how like sometimes a bit... Um, how do you say like... Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't give you anything. It doesn't like, cause oil color is so seductive by itself. Like when you just mm. make a monochrome painting of just one beautiful oil color, it's already so beautiful. So you don't, you don't want to destroy it, but with acrylic, it's not such a rich color. So it, it challenges you more. That's how so I So you have to it. sort of perfect your skill more and your, yeah, you have to approach it in a completely different way that's interesting yeah yeah because oil paint does the... have an allure doesn't it like a real mm. sort of natural beauty and this has a matte surface all your works do have a matte surface that's right yeah um and it's yeah like you um you have to to make the image tell you know like a beautiful dress um if it's in silk it's it's more likely to be a beautiful dress, but if you make a beautiful dress out of paper, yeah, uh, it's a more of a challenge. Or meat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Lady Gaga, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or <Well> meat. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question we ask all of our guests is: What have you discovered as your hidden lockdown talent while you've been? This under is our quarantine special question. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let me think about it. What you discovered, have I discovered anything new about yourself? <laughs> um, oh, so you mean like... Mm, have you worked out you can cook something you never knew before or you've been able to sew? Like I cooked or... a lasagna for the first time in my life. I'd never, ever, what... ever cooked a lasagna. How was I it? it sounds insane. Oh, he threw up. He got food poisoning. No, I didn't. Was, uh... <laughs> I, I ate the whole thing in about a day and a half, which is not healthy. Um, but I loved it. And there was this meme going around the internet of like somebody making a lasagna in Wembley Stadium and that they were going to feed the whole country. And it was the most ridiculous meme. And it actually inspired me to, I was like, well, I've actually never made one. So why not make one now? So, um, yeah, and I succeeded. So I'm quite proud of myself. Well done. Congrats. Congrats. Yes, congrats, Rob. I think I discovered uh, my neighbors because... um, I haven't I haven't really known them. I moved in this house a year ago and then like I know it's like a lot of older people. So we we knocked on the doors and we're like, Can we shop something for you? And oh. Yeah, oh. that's how I discovered my neighbors. Did you go shopping <laughs> for so them? Sweet. Did they want anything? Uh one of them wanted something, but the other ones they all have like relatives and uh oh. someone has a caretaker, so, that's so they're nice. fine. Oh, Linz, I do have one more question for you, Linz. Is that, yeah. do, do you have a, a representation, you're represented in Los Angeles. A, how is that being based in Dusseldorf? And B, do you have a, a European uh, gallery or are you looking for a London-based gallery or a European gallery? Well, um, yeah, being represented in Los Angeles, even though it's far away, it's, um, it's not very problematic. I'm really really happy to work with robert's projects um they are so supportive and 
they are doing an incredible job to help me to be seen but also to um, uh, they encourage me to explore and go deeper into my art which is what makes a great gallery and which I'm really thankful for and in Europe there are some opportunities but I'm not deciding anything until we know how how this lockdown is gonna Right, yeah. Sure, yeah. How structure is changing or whatever happens. So, because mm-hmm. you've got um, a solo in London at the moment, haven't you, with a gallery, Mammoth Gallery? Yeah, but I think it's also closed now. Yeah, they've all closed. Um, and, you, and you had work with Maximilian William, which I actually got to see before we had a oh, lockdown. Nice. There was a group show there. We, uh, Samaya Critchlow was in that, and Guston, which was a really nice hang to see you all together. Yeah, so I, I saw yeah, the work there, but oh my God. yeah. No, it's it's, it's exciting. Once we get out, it's the other side of this to see where where you're going to be showing next. Yeah, I've nobody knows, exactly. but um, we'll find out. Just got to keep well, thank working. Thank you so much. Yes, thank it's you for so coming on, Lens. It's brilliant. To spend some time with you. Thank you. Thank you. From our respective for... homes in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope to meet you one day in person. You a hundred percent will, and same. Cannot wait. Big fan. <laughs> okay. Big, big fan. So when, all the images we spoke about today for listeners, uh, go onto our Instagram page at Talkart. And then for Lens, Lens, you're on Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, just my name. Lens Geek. G-E-E-R-K, L-E-N. And that's a Z, not an S on Lens. But we will also and, uh, link to Lens so that you don't big time, have to big link. <laughs> yes. All good. But um, thank you very much for coming on, mate. That was brilliant. And... Uh, I think next time. you are first German artist we've had on the show. I just thought about that now. Oh, okay. So I feel like you yeah. might be. Because at we've one point we were going to go to Berlin and do a whole kind of like Berlin series. We was. And yes, I also, right. I go to Frankfurt a lot and I love Frankfurt. There's so many great artists there as well. Um, but we need to come to Dusseldorf sometime. Yeah, so, you should. Uh, There's a lot going on here. Yeah, totally, yeah. Love um, to. I love Germany. Well, look, love lots to. of love and thank you so much. And um, My we'll pleasure. And soon. I- all the listeners, ask your neighbours if you can get something for them. Uh-huh. Yes. Especially old ones. Yes. Yes. Good advice. <laughs> Good advice. Thanks, That's Lens. A beautiful thing to say at the end. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, everyone. All right, take okay. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to TalkArt at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.